and welcome everyone to today's News Tonight, the weeknight news show where we're joined by special guests, our lovely patrons, and our awesome YouTube audience to, to discuss the day's gaming news. I'm your host, Derek Bittner, and today I'm joined by my good friend and GVG co-founder, Steve Bowling, along with our very special guest, Matthew Zawadniak, associate editor at Nintendo World Report and host of the Smashter Pieces podcast. Welcome, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. That technically co-host. Uh, okay. I, yeah, it's me and my friend Joe DeVader. And uh, one one day, like two years ago, someone asked me a difficult question and I just didn't want to answer it. So I was like, oh, it's more Joe's show than mine. And he has he has held me to that for a long time. So <laughs> nice. te- technically, I'm the he's co-host. Like, power. I am not giving this up. <laughs> that is exactly how it went. It's <laughs> uh, beautiful. Uh, as you might notice, we are a little uh, low on our ash. <laughs> We're missing a bit of ash. Uh, and that is because he is swamped with his uh, regular work uh, and un- and even some stuff for us. So he is just trying to actually catch up on that stuff and hopefully getting that kid some um, sleep because, boy, he needs it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's living kind of the opposite of John's previous existence now. Like he works for a UK-based company in his day job and so he's up on their time and so like he's he's routinely pulling all-nighters just to kind of work with his colleagues on the other side of the pond um and and he does Mm. have a few things like derek mentioned come back tomorrow you might find out why he's not here (laughs) yeah um perhaps it's possible (laughs) every everything with ash though other than just needing some time to focus on other work is is fine he's doing great oh yeah so he's all much love to you ash we miss you but we know you're doing okay Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and of course, before we get things started, we got to say uh, give a, our usual shout out to uh, the Game Orb on Mondays as a, a sponsor. The Game Orb is a YouTube channel that brings commentary and gameplay footage from the Nintendo Switch and Xbox Series X gaming systems. While they are still running Let's Plays of Splatoon 2 and Super Mario 64 from the Super Mario 3D All-Stars collection, they are also adding new games like Sonic Colors Ultimate and Roller Coaster Tycoon 3. Also, there are now shorter videos in a playlist called the Game Orb Minis for clips that are highlighted. So be sure to subscribe to the Game Orb at the link in the description and let's continue pushing them higher and higher. They're at 356. We're still working towards 400 and uh, just trying to support them as much as we can because their support to us is just out of this world. It really is. Yeah, truly. Thank you so much. Mm, absolutely. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we just go check them out. Subscribe if you haven't. And, uh, yeah, all the love to them and especially some love to, uh, uh, you guys in YouTube chat cause we're already getting super chats. Of course. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, first up from late night sprites with a $10 super chat saying need some good vibes. It is the anniversary of losing a dear friend to cancer. Love y'all in this community of, and love the love y'all in this community. Everyone is amazing. Got takeout, a big cookie and some new indie games tonight for myself. That is a wonderful way to spend an evening, and I am so sorry for the uh, loss of your friend. Uh, yeah, that is. Cancer sucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've, I uh, lost a friend to cancer, I want to say, uh, a year and a half ago, and I mm. remember how gut-wrenching it was for me. This is this is just wild, but um, when Microsoft sent over the Xbox Series X, they also sent over Forza, and I was playing it just as part of the review process and his uh i i hate the word but his drive in the game like his car came driving past me in forza and it was 
heartbreaking to say the least to just mm. see my friend who who I lost you know a long time ago in a game I was playing. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm sorry for your loss. I totally understand where you're coming from, and yeah, engage in some self care. Take care of yourself. Yeah, enjoy that cookie, enjoy that takeout, and uh, hopefully you got some good indie games. There's a lot of good ones out there, so I'm sure you are. Eastward, baby. Oh, yeah. Uh, man, you can't really go wrong. There's so many good ones right now. It's like, yeah. it's like I can't even think of something. It's like all of them. So, Gladiator Loki with a $5 uh, super chat as well, saying, I want to thank you guys for always being positive. I've been struggling with depression, and you guys make me feel like everything is going to be okay. And all I can say is, it will. It yep. will. Absolutely. Be okay. So definitely there. Uh, Andrew Blackburn with a $5 super chat uh, or AJB cool, <laughs> as they say, they're here. I uh, just wanted to remind you guys to not forget about Psychonauts 2 is an excellent game that brings a lot of good vibes. I want to play it. I do. But I had time. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is a fantastic game. I streamed just a little bit of it on our Discord last night. So uh, I'm going to start doing that more. Just guerrilla streams just on Discord for those of you that are in the community already. Uh, but yeah, streamed a bit of it. It's got a lot of teeth, literally. <laughs> it's it's a, It can be unsettling, oh, um, oh, but boy. it's fun. Cool. Uh, Majora Z with a $2 super chat. Thank you so much saying, uh, Steve, did you end up streaming the Halo flight? The interesting dovetail there, I planned to, and what Ooh. had happened was, uh, mm-hmm. I didn't, I thought it was going all weekend, like, cause it said it ends on September 27th. And so I thought that meant midnight Pacific. So at like 8:55, I jumped into our discord and was planning to stream Halo infinite and it went down at 9 PM. So I got five whole mm. minutes of Halo Infinite in there. And that's how we ended oh, up with Psychonauts no. 2. Because I was like, oh, well, my Xbox is hooked up. Let's stream something different. So we streamed Psychonauts 2. We had a great time. I even uh, streamed a little bit of PSO2 NGS. Uh, hmm. But yeah, what a love to do Halo. But for the next flight, I'll make sure I get in way earlier and, and stream it. I played a bunch. It's a fantastic game. Multiplayer is good. Uh, game betas yes. always have like really weird timings like that like i'll have so many times where it's like i want to do one and it's like oh it ended at like 10 a.m on a sunday like yep. okay <laughs> that's, that's not the whole weekend so but all right clear clearly someone in japan made the schedule on some of those <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and finally, Blazikin with a dollar ninety nine super chat saying, "Thought Matt was Billy Mitchell and got scared." Oh wow! <laughs> oh, I've, been, I've been thinking like, should I should I cut my hair or should I keep growing it out? And I think he just made the decision for me. It's got to go. <laughs> Sometimes out, that can uh... sue us if we uh, if we say anything untoward about him. Oh here. boy, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Fuck you, Billy Mitchell. You're a cheater. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> Oh, beautiful. But uh, yeah, well, with all that out of the way, one last quick reminder that um, we had a nice little uh, boost in our subs uh, thanks to the recent direct. And that's a good thing because at 75,000, we will be giving away a Switch OLED to one of our subs. Doesn't matter if you've been here forever or been here like the last one to sub. You have a chance. And all you have to do is sub and you will... And be entered in for that chance for a Switch OLED and uh, maybe even win. Who knows? But definitely subscribe and be entered in for that. And as another reminder, I will be, well, there's plenty of time for it, but uh, if we hit 70,000 before November, I will be taking part in No Shave November where I will become a caveman, basically, because this <laughs> thing is going to be, Steve, you're, I'm coming for you. <laughs> it's oh, there we that's go. basically Let's what see. it comes down to. 
Yeah. Oh, goodness. I figured out that this is like a year of growth. I had to go back through TNT to watch like the reverse order of my facial hair growth. And I was like, oh, wow, it does grow in incredibly slow. So odds <laughs> are good that you will surpass. See, I thought you were just trimming it the entire time. I didn't realize you were just letting it go. <laughs> this is like just it. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, there's that. And uh, Black Ninja with a quick uh, $2 super chat saying, Ash's heart is only pulsing for work right now. Oh, gosh. Oh. That's a good one. That is a good one. Azran would be proud. Azran would be so proud. Would Ash, they should actually. be proud. Ash uh, yeah, that is, that is Ash. That is very true. All right. Well, speaking of a Switch OLED, let's talk to uh, Matthew because uh, he was very fortunate enough, and I'm super jealous, and I will get into that a bit later, <laughs> um, <laughs> to get to go to New York to visit Nintendo for us and check out both Metroid Dread. And um, the Switch OLED go hands-on with both of those. And you can check out both of those previews on the channel. They're our most recent videos as of right now. Definitely check those out. They're excellent previews. Uh, thank you so much for those, Matt. And, thank well, you. spill it. How, how, how wonderful was it? Was it? <laughs> okay, wow. So uh, I could, you could say that I'm like a, something of a Metroid fan. Um, over at uh, over at NWR, we've been doing like this Metroid game club playing, oh, uh, nice. playing through the the 2d metroids leading up to dread and i kind of got into the way where it's like oh a couple of those i played like multiple times and i got zero mission down to under an hour and super metroid's one of my favorite games of all time and so i was beyond excited to actually be able to to go in and play dread early um like i it wasn't even a question when i got the call so i got there this was uh this wasn't my first time like at a nintendo event but it was my first time like being the guy because i was always like on a team to go to e3 or pax or something so uh, it was like nerve-wracking and exciting all at the same time and at the same time it's like they they told me that like you know this was their first real in-person event since uh since lockdown and everything so they're still trying to figure things out and trying to make everything work so the the air was the energy of it was really like I didn't know what to expect from it and uh I don't know I don't know where you want me to start like should I just go into the game or they're talking about the you know. wherever like uh, let's walk through the process what they do first So the first thing was when they checked when they checked me in they had displays up with both the regular switch and the switch OLED um mm-hmm. and there was also a switch light off to the side too but the the real comparisons between the regular switch and the switch oled and i'll try not to be too negative because i saw some <laughs> of the comments on youtube were like this isn't these aren't good vibes at all um but... to, be, to be fair good vibes doesn't mean we're going to be relentlessly positive about things it's it's okay <laughs> to not be enthused about yeah. something that's not bad vibes it's just being yeah. honest yeah and i i don't know maybe i just had like high expectations for no reason but i kind of felt disappointed with the switch oled because it's like people kind of made fun of the name when it first got announced but the name might be the best thing that they could have gone with because it was incredibly honest it is a switch with an oled screen and it it's it's kind of the thing where it's like it was i I thought it was a hard preview to write because it's like, what do I really say? Like you, everyone kind of already knows what it is. It, it mm-hmm. if you've ever seen an OLED screen in your life, like it's, it's, it's a switch with an OLED. Um, right. 
and uh, it's it's slightly bigger screen, slightly better speakers and everything, but it's definitely what I would say is a marginal difference. How's that stand? I noticed that the stand has been re- has been reworked a little bit. Is that any better? <laughs> uh, it's worlds better. Uh, oh, nice. I kind of I think that the stand on the original Switch is kind of useless. Uh, yeah. Anyone that's tried to use it on an airplane definitely knows that. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. this this one like is actually adjustable so it's like you can put it at pretty much any angle i didn't really use it for most of the time because of how i had to like have the camera set up for for recording dread but i did make sure that i like tried it out for a minute and like you can go pretty much any angle you'd want on that so it it ended up being like yeah that's probably the biggest improvement i would say um it's it's a functional stand now (laughs) Well, that's 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 really good. Um, I mean, all that really just sounds like I expected. Like, I'm not going to be upgrading to the OLED uh, just because I already have the Switch, and it seems better for uh, as Azran mentions in the uh, patron chat, saying, "I saw a woman struggling with which Switch to buy the other day. Warned her about the upcoming OLED and said she'd be waiting. So it's good. It's good for newcomers. And yes, if you haven't got mm-hmm. a Switch yet, this is the one to buy. Let's be honest. Yes, and uh, I'm sure it looks you know great, but if I played, it's funny, the two new Switches they put out, it's like, if I played handheld more, I'd be more interested. But I don't play handheld that much, so... <laughs> yeah, I, I pretty much exclusively play docked. Um, I used to play handheld a lot, because I would take the train to work, but then that kind of stopped being a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's it's just, like, bad timing in my life, I guess. So, it's... Yeah. It is definitely the one to go with if you're buying a switch anyway but if you're if you're not looking to buy a switch then this shouldn't really push you over the edge and i feel like a lot of people are kind of looking for a reason to buy a switch and mm. i i kind of was for a little while too because it's like I, I i wanted to have like that second switch uh but it's it's ultimately really just this is pretty much the same experience just like a little nicer so I, I find yeah. that fair. Like it's like, I, I think people were maybe thinking it was going to be a bigger difference. Yeah. I, I think, I think I did. And I'm not really sure why I did because <laughs> it is, it is a switch model with an OL, an OLED screen. See, I'm kind of so. taken by that though. Uh, I don't know how it came about or I don't know how there's one in the wild currently, but I stumbled upon some photos earlier today that someone took not at the event that you attended, um, of like the switch OLED and a regular switch side by side. And to be clear, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, Nintendo strictly prohibited that at the event. Like you couldn't show the yes, regular that... switch and the OLED next to each other, which is interesting to me because I thought like, Oh, mm-hmm. that would make a great case for like why someone might want to. Exactly. Upgrade, right. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, you know, the, the thinking, the cynical thinking goes, well, maybe it doesn't look that great side by side, and that's why they don't want to show it. Um, but the picture I saw, which was clearly taken by, like, some random person with a cell phone who somehow has the OLED now, um, it looked, I'm not going to say, like, miles better. It's not clearer or anything, but they showed the title screen of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on both consoles. And I was mm-hmm. like, you can tell that the colors really pop even on this terrible, like, cell phone footage. And I will be the first to admit, uh, before the Switch came out, I saved up a ton of money and bought an OLED TV because I was like, I'm going to play Breath of the Wild on like the best TV I can get. Uh, And ever since then, you know, handheld mode to me has been 
kind of inferior. Like I've been like, oh, well, you know, it doesn't look nearly as nice as my admittedly stupidly expensive television. Um, so I'm kind of hyped to like have the same display technology that I use in docked mode available in handheld mode. Um, and I do play in handheld like a lot because I have loads of children, which means that <laughs> my TV is not my TV. Like that OLED no. TV I'm telling you about is almost always playing like children's shows, uh, which means that I will like stake out a corner of the room and put the switch on its admittedly wobbly kickstand and just kind of play quietly with my joy cons in my hands while i hear <laughs> you know coco melon or something in the background oh no <laughs> yeah yeah you'll get there derek trust me if you're not there already oh, sure. you'll get there soon um and and so i do kind of appreciate the handheld experience the one thing i'll say and i i wish that they would be more uh forthcoming uh, about it is the audio I, I purposely clipped out like when you mentioned in a, in the preview did for us when you mentioned that the audio was enhanced improved uh mm -hmm. i purposely clipped out a section of the audio and i, I hadn't listened to it at all at that point because i was just trying to find clips that matched what you were talking about and then when i finally did i was like wow it really does sound like pretty good for being in a crowded yeah. room with people talking and stuff like that well not a crowded room uh but <laughs> yeah, in a and... room with people talking I wouldn't say that, like, I have the technical understanding to really say what is different. Like, that's, I kind of say in the preview, like, they told me that it was enhanced audio, and that's, that's really the best I can give you. But, like, I did, I did kind of feel that much. Um, it, cause the, the environment that we were in was a little, a little loud, cause they were, like, pumping in music from the game in, through, like, the room speakers. And I was kind of surprised that, like, I could hear everything. I wasn't able to hear the music that well in the game, but, like, there's voice acting in the game that I was able to hear perfectly. And the sound nice. effects were coming through clear. And, like, I checked the footage that I got on my phone afterwards. And it's like, you can you can hear this on here. So, I, I think that was also probably an improvement. But I'm also, like, I checked, it, I checked it out on my original Switch. And it's like, how much of a difference is it? I, I don't know. I'm not really smart when it comes to audio like that. So. <laughs> oh, I feel that. Mm -hmm. I so, feel that. Uh, as far as, like, why they wouldn't let us show them side by side, that's probably just because it's very difficult to take a good photo of a screen. So yeah. that's that's probably more, like, if, if I if I just took a photo of, like, with my phone screen or with my phone camera and just put them side by side, it probably wouldn't be that honest of a comparison because to, to, a, certain stack, to a certain extent my phone is capturing more of the light reflecting off the glass than it is the actual screen. So yeah. mm. uh, that, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that that's probably um, the reason. And I, I see someone in the chat is, is asking about Bluetooth headset pairing. And I think the enhanced audio specifically re referred to the speakers. Yeah. I don't like, think it has any difference to the headphones. Yeah. So I, I think it's literally just the speakers sound better. And if you plug headphones in, then there's not going to be any difference. And that's kind of that's kind of where I'm like, maybe the enhanced audio isn't that big a deal because maybe I'm just weird, but I don't really see any scenario where I'm using it in handheld mode and not using headphones. But who am I to say that other people don't have a use case? Yeah, I, I can see that uh another question i'm seeing from gold member uh pb uh how I, I don't even know if you'll even have an idea of this but how dust resistant is the oled screen uh did you notice any build up or 
I, uh, I mean, I didn't notice any, but they could have easily just been wiping. Oh, it down I'm sure, every, they, I'm sure I, they were keeping well, that yeah. immaculate. <laughs> yeah, actually, now now that I think of it, too, like just with safety precautions, they were probably that's wiping true. It down that's, pretty yeah. early, so. that's a good point. Uh, I, I I agree that that is a question that should be answered, but there there's no way that we could have gotten that from the event. So, yeah, if I if I had to guess uh, just based on what I've seen from, you know, the switch models we all have is that it's probably no more or less dust resistant than the existing model uh nintendo probably not you know much to my dismay has opted to use plastic coverings over the lcds on the current models of switch there's no reason to believe the oled's any different in that regard uh so i imagine you know if, if you really want to keep this thing super clean go get like a glass screen protector when you pick it up or mm-hmm. something like that i have them mm-hmm. on all mine which makes them terrible to photograph but they definitely don't scratch up or anything which is mm-hmm. the main purpose nice mm-hmm. So, uh, all right, that's the Switch OLED. Now I'm here for what, what I really care about. Oh, yeah. The, the main event. Yes. Uh, so, the as far as I could tell, I played the final retail version of Metroid Dread. May, maybe there'll be, like, a patch or something to fix whatever. I didn't uh-huh. see anything that I felt, felt needed to be fixed. But uh, I believe that this was the actual metroid dread video game uh so they started us off right at the beginning and uh i don't know like i definitely don't want to do spoilers but like i don't know how much of a spoiler literally the opening cutscene is so i don't know how you want me to i mean they've kind of showed it a bit in the uh trailers like is there anything have you how many of the trailers have you watched i guess is the question and how many new scenes have you seen how many of you new scenes did you seen apart from the trailers i guess i i wouldn't really say i saw anything new uh, okay, so they've pretty much shown most of it. It's probably, if I had to guess, then I uh, it's probably recap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and also straight on the flip into side the... of that, it's also that like every, most of what they've shown is from the early part of the game. Yeah, uh, that, makes, that makes sense. There's one, I'll phrase it as a rather large boss that wasn't in the beginning of, ga- of the game that I played, but most of what I've seen in the trailers was in this first hour and a half. Nice. Okay, it makes sense. So, yeah, we'll we'll try to keep it as uh, spoiler free as much as we can, just because it's hard to gauge what people consider a spoiler, or how much is there, and we'll just focus on the main gameplay itself because uh, the story setup seems pretty rock solid. And I uh, just from this, what they've shown in the trailers, the reason for Samus losing her suit definitely seems uh, like a good reason. <laughs> you know, yeah, for the, well, the downgrade and all that, the usual power loss. Yeah. I don't know if people like, like I said, it's literally the the beginning of the game. So I don't know if, if people want to want to avoid that spoiler. I did talk about it in the preview, mm-hmm. but I think that the way that they handled that does a really good job of setting this game's tone for being a horror game. It, it felt very much like the kind of setup you would see in the horror genre, and it's very effective. It, it sets the idea that you're not really here to complete a mission. You are in danger and you are trying to survive. And I think that that was really good for what they're going for, because it 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 sells the idea of the dread that you're being hunted, and not that you're going in here as this all-powerful warrior that's going to destroy everything. And they still do, they still do reinforce that Samus is a powerful figure and that she is capable because all of her animations when fighting are very much like someone with a lot of experience, but 
it, the they they strike a good balance of she's like she is powerful but the the danger is so great that she is still vulnerable and i think that they did a really good job with that i i like that idea i i like i wasn't sure if they cuz um fusion on steroids with the sax is what i was hoping for and it sounds like mm-hmm. that's what we're kind of getting uh because they found a way to really depower samus this time around but this time as you said it's not her on a mission she's I, I posited in my old analysis uh my original analysis for dread that this is basically a setup for her she's getting this is a trap and it mm-hmm. definitely sounds like it. again no spoilers i'm just going off of what i've kind of seen from things um and i i like that aspect it's like how often do you see a powerful character put on their back foot, but still be kind of powerful? It's, I yeah. mean, Steve, I'm it, sure you can think of a few anime. It's like, oh, this really strong character. Also, there's another really strong character. It's like, oh, crap, it's tough. But I'm so strong, but yeah. there's really bad. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a common trope in anime, I, I feel. Mm-hmm. But I, I will say, um, I, <laughs> Nintendo sent over B-roll for us to use for, for mm-hmm. uh, Matt's preview. I watched all of it. I couldn't resist. And <laughs> I got to say, like, I am absolutely in love with what I've seen of this game so far. Uh, you know, one of the things that I found really compelling, I you guys know that I'm not a big fan of scary games. I don't like horror games. They they freak me out a bit too much. But I, I find that the way that they've handled kind of the, the sense of horror in this game to be exciting. Like, I mm-hmm. uh, watching Samus's confrontation with the Emmys is really cool i love the game of cat and mouse that exists there and that you don't have to engage them seemingly if you don't want to like you can you can duck them and and escape or you know if under the right circumstances you can take them on and and fight them and i love that idea because uh one of the clips that i saw which we used in in the preview was of uh, someone actually choosing to kill an emmy and just the fight between them, like the the nervous tension in that moment where it's, it's tense. Yeah. Yeah. Like I could feel it just not even playing it, just watching it. I was like, oh, God, like I imagined my hands would be unsteady as I was trying to pull off these shots. And I was like, <laughs> I oddly enough, the reaction, though, wasn't like, nope, 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 nope. I was I want to play this. I want to experience mm. that for myself. And that is a rare thing, because normally when I see games that, that freak me out to that degree, I'm like, uh uh-uh. uh. but i definitely want to play this this is really well managed and it is probably the most excited i've been for a metroid title since super metroid and that's yeah wow yeah i think it helps that the horror isn't really based on like gore or grotesque stuff like it's very clean and sterile and the horror comes from the tension and that's that makes it really exciting and like the the moment of like getting the omega beam and actually fighting the emmy it's not like a free kill it's not scripted like you need to I wondered if it was scripted when they showed it during the treehouse no That's it's wild the emmy is roaming the map same as it ever was and you need to go to it and then once you do like you need to charge up the beam but you can't just charge it up because first you need to like use a rapid fire attack to melt off its like defensive plating and then you need to charge the beam when it's already like five feet in front of you so it's like actually okay, yeah that, that's intention a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I, I held the charge uh the entire time i was looking for the emmy and then i fired and it just bounced right off and i'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> this ain't good this ain't good yep. <laughs> 
I, I, everything I'm hearing about this is wonderful. But um, other question for you is, I'm sure you've played Samus Returns. How does it feel compared to that? How smooth is it? How like does it is it feel like a upgraded version of Samus Returns in term, terms of the movement and whatnot? Definitely, it it feels very similar. Um, I am kind of split on how I feel about Samus Returns, and kind of as a trade off, dread as far as the controls go, because I'm the kind of person that looks at the wall jump in Super Metroid and is like, yes, that's perfect. Don't change that. And (laughs) I'm learning that's not a very popular opinion, but it's a... uh, I would say that the things that I didn't like about Samus Returns have been touched up a bit. Uh, the, The biggest thing that I felt about Samus Returns that I didn't like was that it felt very start and stop, where... Every enemy, you had to just kind of stop. You had to either wait to get a melee counter or you needed to go into a complete standstill and do the free aim. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel that in Dread. The melee counter is still there and you can still use it, but instead of... You can use it while moving, so you don't need to sit around and wait. You can you can be actively doing whatever you're doing, and then when you see the flash, you just press the button. And then nice. it, another thing that they they changed from that is that instead of having to like just mash the button to do a rapid fire kind of thing while it's in the melee counter animation instead it's just one big burst that will do all of that damage at once oh that's good nice so it's it's focused on being the same general experience but a bit faster a bit more fluid and i think that that's uh, an improvement um i don't like that you can't wall jump up the same wall forever but uh on the whole it seems pretty good. Uh, it it feels like it's probably going to be the best Metroid for someone to just sit down and play around with the controls. Nice. And I think that's kind of I think that's kind of what I expected after seeing Mercury Steam was back, and it looks a lot like Samus Returns. But it's good to just kind of know that it's 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 that good. Yeah. And um, on the on the other side of things is like the structure of Samus Returns compared to Dread which is a lot harder to suss out when you've only got an hour and a half to play, but it felt a lot less limiting just from that. Um, it helps that you're they're free from the constraints of being a Metroid 2 remake. Yeah. yeah. And, like, uh, again, the kind of person that I am when I play these games, it's like a lot of people say that Zero Mission is really linear, and in Zero Mission, it's like, no, what are you talking about? You can get the high jump early, you can skip the various suit, you can get the super missiles early, and, like, most people don't even know all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's what I look for in these games. Uh, and I didn't see any of that specifically in Dread, but, like like I said, I only played the first hour and a half, and most of those things I never would have known from my first playthroughs of those games. Yeah, so, it, it, this is a game you play over and over again to find that sort of stuff, or you yeah. you, you figure it out that way. And... um. I, I think, oh God, I can't wait. <laughs> I did. I, just, I have seen some people on. say, uh, ask, you mentioned voice acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, who specifically is voice acted? So the AI from Metroid Fusion is back um, okay. in a way that I like a lot better. Because in Fusion, it would be, here's a, here's a spot marked on the map and go there. Mm-hmm. And eventually that would open up, like the exploration and fusion opened up in a really interesting way where the, it holds your hand a little less every time you go to a navigation room. And then by the end of the game, he's just saying, here's your objective. I don't know where it is. Find it. And mm-hmm. Dread is like that immediately. You get nice. to a navigation room in Dread, and the first time you do it, it's like, I don't know where the thing is, but do the thing. 
and he's giving like <laughs> general advice. And that the navigation room segments, the AI in the navigation room is entirely voice acted. Uh, wow. Samus herself never speaks, although again in Fusion she did eventually speak way later in the game. Maybe that'll change. Uh, there was I saw one person ask about if a certain other character was voiced, and I did not see that that character in the demo. It was just Samus, the AI, and the opening cutscene, which mm-hmm. you've you've already seen most of from trailers. And otherwise, I didn't see any other characters. So cool. I know that there is another character, but that's further than the demo got. Nice. Uh, the last question I'll ask you, because you know you can always just point them towards the the preview. Uh, any concerns? Like, did any jump thing? Like, I know it's only an hour and a half, but the, like, typically you can sort of figure out. Like, mm, I'm not sure about this. It's weird uh, how much that wall jump thing matters to me. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> I was like that's I was that, might be, that might be the biggest thing because that's like the biggest way that sequence breaking works in Metroid for me. Um, I I can't really say that this is an objective problem because I've I would say very few people play Metroid the way that I do, mm. where you look for how few things you can get away with doing. But that is how I prefer to play Metroid. So Samus Returns in that regard, kind of a big disappointment to me. But Samus Returns is also just a fantastic Metroidvania action game. So mm. this is looking to be a fantastic Metroidvania action game. So nice. I guess the I guess the biggest concern that I have is that it'll it'll be like a nine out of ten game that just isn't exactly what I wanted. Yeah. What a shame. Um, what a shame. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh and boy. Actually, one more thing that I want to highlight, just because it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of people were concerned because of like the slide dash that you have that like the morph ball would be really downplayed. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing is that the morph ball wasn't in the demo. Like, oh, I, it seemed like it took a while. Like it's the morph ball is specifically like for underwater segments almost when you can't slide. That's when I, you kind of need to use it. Honestly, I, it's, I literally didn't get it. So wow. I don't, I don't know. There were definitely points where like you would, you would, jump up to like a ledge and you would try to climb the ledge but then you don't you realize suddenly oh samus can't crawl <laughs> so <laughs> right you, you can't climb this ledge oh and, okay that's smart yeah and i noticed a lot of ledges like that in the first area so it's like you're gonna go back with the morph ball later and my question is am i gonna go back as part of story progression which is what it's like in the metroids that i personally like zero mission and super metroid or are you going to go back at the very end of the game when you have everything you need to get 100% like in Fusion and in Samus Returns? So right. I would prefer the former, but... I'm assuming you didn't get out of the first area? I got to the... So I got to the second area. Okay. And they told, in the embargo, they told us, hey, don't talk about anything after the point where you get to this area. And mm. the area that they talked about, I didn't get to. Oh, wow. So... I they they told me that no one got there. Uh so I mean I I will admit if I if I had gone to that I would be very slow cuz I just like to check out everything. I'm a very mm-hmm. slow player when it comes to that. Yeah, well, to I'm, all, I'm also the kind of person where it's like you get to a super heated room and you don't have the various suit. I go, "How far can I get?" Oh, I do that <laughs> all the time. Mm-hmm. So that that took some time. And also like the Emmys killed me like 12 times. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah, they're so they're tough. Definitely a bit of a challenge. Yeah, they're tough, and like I talked about, I won't go too much into them because I talked about them in the preview, so you can just go go check that out. But they are tough. 
So you'd like nice. it. It felt very much like Mr. X in Resident Evil, uh, or like Nemesis in, Re- in Resident Evil. Those are my only points of reference, right? Uh, but they they are a persistent threat on the map. They are not scripted. They are. It, it, it's almost like if they were PvP, they were another player. Wow. So oh, you awesome. know what? There, there's a good question from one of uh, someone in the uh, YouTube chat asking if Dread has an autosave feature. I don't know about that uh, did they tell you if it has autosave or not i feel like it shouldn't they they didn't but it does have checkpoints so oh, okay. when you like, when you die you don't go back to your last save you go back to the last checkpoint which is usually pretty generous that's um, nice i would say that like every time i died i went back like the longest amount of time i lost was like three minutes so oh, it's okay. usually a- that's not bad at all no which I think is what you need if you want to have something that can kill you so easily. Yeah, I think that's sure. the thing. That's the balance of the challenge. Is like, yeah, it'll kill you re- really easily, but it's not an annoyance to get back to where you were like some other Metroids. Yeah. Uh, so that's definitely good. Um, well, cool. Uh, the last thing I'll say about this is uh, uh, just a little story of uh, why why we had Matt go, because it had to be East Coast. We couldn't fly out or anything yep. like that. Uh, so neither Steve nor Ash could go. And I want to reveal something that is a very big failing of mine, which is I am terrible at getting stuff done sometimes. <laughs> I will put things off because it's like, oh, I don't need it yet. I'll just wait. I'll get to it eventually. And I've done that with my uh, COVID shot <laughs> because Ooh. I don't go out of the house that much. Oh, no. So that's when you had to have a proof of vaccination. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I could not go to, uh, to thing. So that's heartbreaking. I'm going to be going my vaccination on Wednesday. I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to get the, the Kirby done and, uh, and, uh, get through the other stuff. Cause I know it puts you, it makes you tired. So I'm going to try to, you know, get through that. So, um, having that, I just, it's like you guys talk about, it, I encourage it. It's just who, who would have thought it would take Samus Aaron to get <laughs> Derek vaccinated. <laughs> Well, right? she was famously vaccinated. That's so true. Yeah, she was. She very much was. So, yeah, that's just a, you might miss out on some things if you don't get vaxxed. So uh, that's why I'm going to be going and getting yeah. that done. That said, though, it would have been like I would have loved playing Metroid, but it would have been hellish because that's a six hour tw- train ride. Yeah. To, and I- then that's another way back. So I've been 12 hours on a train to play 90 minutes of Metroid, which oh, is kind of you- worth it, but also just yeah. hellish. I was going to say, yeah. when, when all this came up, uh, Nintendo reached out to me um, and asked me specifically to pass it on to Derek. They were like, hey, we know Derek's on the East Coast. You know, let's set him up to go play Dread. And I was like, man, my man is going to be happy. And then it dawned on me that I was pretty sure that he didn't have his vaccination yet. So I pinged him on Discord and I was like, hey, Derek, ha- have you gotten your shot yet? Which is just a weird thing for me to ask out of nowhere. <laughs> you just asked, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he, he knew what was coming next. And I was like, well... I hate to tell you this, but they just asked if you want to play Metroid. <laughs> and he, I, I could feel the white hot heat of his shame through Discord. <laughs> yeah, he was very Intense upset with himself. Shame. And uh, fortunately, and I, I do want to highlight this because it means the world to us, Matt, that you were able to help yeah. us out. Thank um, you so so much for saving my bacon. <laughs> I had I had reached out to Neil over at Nintendo World Report because. Uh, in the past when I've gone to Nintendo events on the East coast, cause I used to 
uh, run Nintendo Life's U.S. side of operations, which meant I went to all the events everywhere. <laughs> um, but I would always meet up with Neil and some of the NWR crew and hang out with them. And so he was like my go-to person. I was like, look, I know you're sending people to this event, so can you <laughs> spare a person? Can you please like help me out? And he, he recommended Matt. Matt, you did a fantastic job. The videos are wonderful. Um, thank you. And, and better than I could yeah. have hoped and, and made yeah. the editing. Thank easy, you so much. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that I can help out. You know, I, uh, it, it was exciting for me and it's, it's great to work with you guys. So I likewise, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, thank, thank you. For and having we me. got, couldn't have gotten better, you know, Metro because I'm not a speedrunner Metroid fan. I'm just a pure, like I enjoy this game fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, it's just funny when it's like no one like no one knows who I am because I'm like a nobody. So it's like you go to the YouTube comments and it's like, wait, who who is this guy? I thought it was well, like, well, that's why is... I was I, I really wanted to get you on for this episode. Just like, here's the guy, you know, it's not like just this unknown <laughs> and, voice now. It's like, and don't this is the guy. <laughs> don't feel bad about that at all. I make videos no. on this channel and people say, who's that? <laughs> no. This isn't I, John. I've learned that not all YouTube comments are in good faith. So, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, yeah, all good stuff. But, of course, there's other news to talk about. Fortunately, nothing quite as in-depth as Metroid. So let's go ahead and uh, – well, actually, I just thought of it. We have uh, some quite super chats from uh, back. Hold on. Let me grab those real quick. Calamity513 with a $2 super chat saying, Bandana D from Kirby versus Undyne from Undertale, you choose. I'd have to go with uh, probably Undyne because they're boss and, I mean – Waddle Dee can do all right, but... I've played Kirby, and I've never played Undertale, which I know. Oh, thank God I'm not the only one. I mean, I'm only playing a little Undertale. I have to choose Bandana D by default. My ignorance (laughs) dictates that I must. (laughs) Bandana D is like a weirdly popular choice for Smash Brothers, so that's got to be worth something. I'd like him. He'd he'd have a good moveset, but uh, that's just me. Mega Conrad with a $10 super chat. Thank you so much saying happy to report. I have finally found a PS five. Congrats. Nice. Thankfully, my sister let me borrow her PS five for final fantasy seven intergrade, but now I can actually start looking for new games. Any suggestions besides rift apart? I believe returnal, returnal is one you fantastic. suggest. Miles Morales. If you didn't get it on PS four is absolutely mm-hmm. worth playing. Um, is a good Kina, time. Kina. Yeah. Lost judgment, baby. That's, that's a great game too. I've been I playing just... a lot of that. And, and here's my elevator pitch just because I mentioned this in our discord earlier this morning, the first like four hours of this game, are you just beating the shit out of bullies constantly? So if you like beating <laughs> I've heard bullies that. up, lost judgment's a pretty good game for that. There you don't, go. don't worry. The Yakuza franchise only has non-lethal takedowns. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, nobody, totally. Nobody dies uh, except you can jump kick a desk into someone's chest, which I feel like, <laughs> I mean, that's if only non-lethal takedowns. I have like a Twitter thread of just like clips from the Yakuza games of people clearly dying. And it's like, no, non-lethal. Well, that, that's like the Batman <laughs> Arkham games where Batman's doing this brutal stuff to them. It's like, nope, they're alive. They're oh, just, yeah. you know, my, my favorite was when WB clarified that when you run someone over with the Batmobile, it's non-lethal. Like they're getting yeah, tased yeah. instead. Oh my God. <laughs> they're like, uh, it's electrified. Also... And I'm like, but it's still hitting you at 200 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I would also recommend on on PS5 what I've been playing recently is uh, if you like stealth games, the Hitman trilogy. It's really yes. really good. Oh, nice! And they actually did a thing where if if you you can like download the menu for Hitman Three for free, and then if you own one and two, then you can play one and two on PS5 in Hitman Three. Oh, wow. oh nice! Which is, which is that's insane. really nice. I need and to do like, that because PS Plus had Hitman Two like last month. 
Oh, yeah, cool. uh, yeah, yeah. So you you would just be able to download this client, and then you can just play Hitman Two with all the gameplay improvements of Three, and it's like a million hours of content. Like I've been playing <laughs> where they've got like a masterly mastery level for each area that you can go to, each destination, and it's like goes from level one to level twenty. And I I've decided I'm gonna get level twenty mastery on every mission before I'm allowed wow. to move on to the next one. Oh my and god! And so it's like there are multiple days between missions for me. I can believe that. Yeah, I can believe it's, that. <laughs> it's if you like stealth games, Hitman is incredible. Nice. Uh, next up is put one Demoraid with a $10 super chat as well. Thank you so much saying it feels like Nintendo is indirectly transforming the switch concept into a handheld device, as opposed to the hybrid console it first introduced to the market back in 2017. I don't necessarily believe that, but I can see how that would appear that way just because it has focused a little bit more on handheld improvements. But what can you really do for the switch base other than up in that power, which we need a switch pro for. So See, I think I think it's not that they're trying to transform it into a handheld only device. I think they're trying to transform it into a premium device, like something more akin to like mm-hmm. an Apple product, uh, something mm-hmm. that we look at as, you know, hey, it's something we all use every day. But this one is special and this one this one is worth more money because it's got some nicer components in it. I <laughs> I would not be surprised if Nintendo tries to drag out the switch life cycle for it to become a product more akin to like an iPhone or an iPad where they release iterative updates every so often. And I'm just going to get to keep my games. I'm okay with that. Cycle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if they make it's, it's it a... might just be the PC gamer in me speaking, but like, I don't even necessarily think that's a problem. Like some people do like if, if gaming generations just kind of went away and we went with those iterative updates, like that might be better for everyone involved. But like, again, maybe, maybe that's just because I'm a PC gamer, too. And that's kind of what I already do. So, yeah. Uh, real quick, before we get into our next Super Chat, I spotted uh, Nintendo World Report TV in the YouTube chat saying, wait, Matt, you get back here right now. Apparently, they've <laughs> they've spotted you. So uh, he's ours for a while yet. Tough. <laughs> uh, Kane Woolley with a five dollar um, uh New Zealand, five New Zealand dollars super chat. Thank you so much. Saying, I am so hyped for Metroid Marathon, the first four games over the last two weeks. Also, just dropped, dropping the, uh, the word on Lodos. We'll be getting that <laughs> hype. Yes, we'll be hyping with you very soon on that one. Thank you, Kane. First, uh, and boy, then you fi- might have missed one. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll see. Uh, late night sprites with the five dollar super chat saying I keep on I keep up on current events because I have to be informed, but I can do that later in the that later or in the morning. Is the only this the only new show I try to see live? That's cool. Hey, well, thank you thank so you. much for that in the late night sprites. I appreciate that. All right, well, let's go ahead and jump into our uh, second news story, one that's actually not our own news. And Resident Evil Four VR has been announced. Um. Now you got to have this this thing on every system, and VR is next. It's on Oculus Quest 2, coming out on October 21st, so not very far away. And it supports uh, full motion movement and teleportation. Uh, you can instantly switch items, and puzzle the puzzles have been recreated for VR. So it is a full VR experience, uh, thanks to all of this, and a brand new way to experience it, which is interesting to me that they decided to do this, considering we have inklings that, uh, you know remake is on the way but yeah. cool i mean this i wonder if like is this that remake i haven't kept up with like that i don't that think so miller 
No, okay. I believe that the rumored RE4 remake is for like traditional console experiences. Th this is okay. interesting, though. I would I would love to hear from John. The thing that disappoints me, though, and I'm not a huge RE guy, obviously, uh, but I, I have played through RE4 a couple of times. Uh, I'm just sad that this is on the Oculus for a number of reasons. Like the <laughs> Oculus Quest is, is the, you know, have to have a Facebook account to link to it. VR platform. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of scummy. And then they sell the, the headset for untold amount of money if you choose not to link it to Facebook. If you get banned from Facebook or you just want to close your Facebook account, you lose all your games, which again, <laughs> sucks. Um, I, I would love to see this on like traditional PC VR, like, you know, uh, Valve Index, HTC Vive. Hell, put it on PSVR. <laughs> that would be Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, um, I, I, I've got a vibe myself and it's just, and it's like, every time I see Oculus Quest exclusive, it's just like, man, I don't, I'm trying to get rid of my Facebook account, like not, not get more yeah. things on it. Yeah, exactly. I, I can't I, buy into the Facebook ecosystem. I just can't. No. And this feels like the, this feels like the upgrade to RE4 that I think would be worth it because like that's kind of the thing about a, an RE4 remake is is it's like everyone says does it really need one and for the most part i would say no but this would a, a, a VR version of RE4 is such a substantial difference in what in like how it plays and it's i don't want to say it's like inherently better but it's it's worthwhile in itself that i feel like yep. it's it's this is actually the the RE4 re remake that I really want. So agreed. I I'm watching the uh, hands-on preview that IGN put up, and just seeing all the little touches they have, like you're able to pick up the ammo boxes and turn them around and look at them, and then you have to like go look to your bottom left side to pick up the ammo and put it into the gun. Uh, the fact that when you're talking to Hannigan it's not just takes up the screen. You have to actually have it in your hand that you can move it around. Like mm -hmm. there's some really smart updates here that make it more than just like resident evil four and VR and just make it at the game just with VR, some VR things, but yeah. you're actually typing on the typewriter and all that stuff. That's, that's really cool. And I'm not a VR guy. I don't own VR. So yeah, this is neat. <laughs> I actually mm -hmm. like this. The one thing that, and, and I'm tr having trouble finding a straight answer on this, uh, but one of my favorite things about PC VR right now, I ha like I said, I have a Valve Index down here somewhere. I haven't used it in forever, but it has individual finger tracking. And what mm -hmm. makes that fun in games is like, like you were talking about, Derek, if you want to manipulate an object, like you want to hold something, you can actually reach out and grab it. And you're grabbing the controller, of course, but... Uh, the actual hand action is really interesting there, and it's designed really well for that, and I would love to see that. I don't think the Quest 2 controller can do that, though. Uh, the old way of holding things in VR is, like, basically holding, like, a surface button and the trigger at the same time, which just doesn't have that same tactility to it. Um, but I guess the, you know, I would love to see this on something more advanced, I suppose. You know, one, you'd get better visuals, and two, you would get the you know, kind of better tactile sensation. Mm -hmm. I'm looking up the Quest controller, and it looks like... Like, it doesn't say in what I'm looking, but, like, just the... It's called the Touch controller. Oh, so, interesting. So yeah, maybe... I, it, I'm sure it must it must have finger tracking like like the index does. That would be so cool. I, I There's a demo I played in VR. It wasn't much of anything, but it you had a gun in one hand, 
and then you could squeeze the grip of the gun to like unload a clip and then you could catch the clip in midair with your other hand and like just manipulate oh, it, nice. toss it, put it back in the gun. I was like, I would love to play a Resident Evil game where I had that level of control over the weapons in my arsenal. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Half-Life, have you played Half-Life Alex? Because I have. Just, it does that, yeah. Uh, that, that's the game where it's like, oh, VR is incredible. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've looked at some ridiculous setups. I don't have the room or the money for them, but like, I would love mm, to no. get one of those like VR mm-hmm. treadmills where you can run in any direction without physically going anywhere yeah. and uh, <laughs> play games that way, but yeah that's the that's the biggest problem with vr it's just like the barrier to entry both in cost and physical space in your home is so high and it's it's unfortunate because i actually do think it's like this this could be the next generation of gaming if we really figured it out that's possible i i actually would be kind of would be kind of cool if there was an option for you know the eventual resident evil 4 remake that is kind of an open secret at this point um to include a VR mode like this and have it set for the, what is it, VR 2 for PS5? Or whatever they're calling it? Uh, PSVR 2, yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. I have a nice little extra to it, kind of like how Resident Evil 6 had that for VR as well. Or Resident Evil 7, excuse me. Mixed yeah, them up. absolutely. I would I would love to see uh, RE4 in VR. I think it would change the game in a huge way, like Matt was alluding to earlier. I think that it's a really cool upgrade for an old game. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, just wish it, you know, Put it put it on other platforms. Hopefully, it's a timed exclusive and not just overall an exclusive. Yeah, I mean, it's ex- maybe it'll be exclusive in the same way as it was, it was exclusive to GameCube. Yeah, put it on Labo <laughs> VR. Yeah, that there, there we go. go. Labo Nintendo could handle well, kind of. I mean, <laughs> the it, Switch can before, which it does. So it actually, you know, Labo it, VR doesn't work with the OLED Switch because it's a different screen size. Oh, well, right. that's true. If you could do. Uh, if you did zero visual upgrades to RE4 and put it on Switch, you could possibly pull off VR at like a usable frame rate, unlike Odyssey and Breath of the Wild. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, v- Resident Evil 4 is on Switch, so I don't know. Either way, uh, we'll have to see how that turns out. I'm curious about the reviews when that uh, actually does release, but uh, that's yeah. really cool. Uh, one uh, quick super chat from uh, Muhammad Ab- Abakar for uh, two Canadian dollars. Thank you so much. Before we move on to the next one, saying, "Would you be down if Travis made it into Fortnite?" Steve, I think that's for you. I, I, yeah, I assume you mean Travis Touchdown. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, I I have nothing against Fortnite. It's not a game that I truly enjoy. Well, I don't enjoy Battle Royale. Save the World is one of my favorite things to play with my friends, uh, just because it's Fortnite but PVE, and I personally just prefer that but uh mm-hmm. i would definitely hop into the chaos that is battle royale if travis touchdown were available but i wonder if you know i don't know how fortnite does with like really lewd characters like travis cusses a lot and taking I mean, that away from him would be weird rick from rick and morty so i can't I mean... ah, that's a good point that's the they go for like the gross out humor angle on that i like True. briefly i don't really play fortnite because i don't like the building aspect of it so mm. uh it's not it's very far from being my favorite battle royale but i did try it out when uh, they did that whole martin luther king thing because i had to see what that was about oh my God. And, it's like, <laughs> and it's like i could see the characters there and it's like it's a strange very wide range of characters but they're all it presented in this way where it's like they know this is a game for kids well not like for kids but it's like a large portion of their audience so they mostly stick to keeping it acceptable in that way 
Yeah. That makes sense. Well, uh, let's go ahead and jump into the next story, which is sort of make Steve happy and me happy, honestly. So, Deedlet in Wonder Labyrinth uh, from Record or Lodos War is coming to consoles. Steve has Hell, talked about it, like, discovering yeah. this game uh, a while back. Did a full-on review just because he was compelled that much. And uh, now it is launching on all consoles. PS5, PS4, Series X, and S, Xbox One, and, of course, the Nintendo Switch on December 16th. So, uh, I know what I want to try. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I feel like this game would have been one that would have been right up your alley. It is so oh, yeah. good. Uh, for those of you that don't know, it's made by Playism and Ladybug. Uh, and it is very, very evocative of Symphony of the Night. And I mean that like in the most flattering way possible. I love this game. It's short. It's like five hours or so. Uh, but it is just such a fun game. Uh, Deedlet is an awesome character. The powers they give her. Uh, it is it is really fun. It's one of the earliest reviews that I did on GVG. It might even... Well, it's not the first, but it's close to it. Um, and it's just wonderful. And I'm going to push Derek to do like a second opinion review on it when it comes out. Because I mean, uh, the very first thing I said was, this needs to be on everything. It needs to be on PlayStation. It needs to be on Switch. And I'm so glad that they announced it. Um but yeah, it's uh so Becca's live in our patron chat is asking. This is Record of Lotus War, Deedlit in Wonder Labyrinth. It's a, it's a very short Metroidvania with gorgeous uh pixel art, gorgeous animation, great characters from kind of like a long forgotten anime from the nineties. So yeah, exactly. It's, it's really cool that this property was used for this type of game, uh, and it, it's just incredible. I. I recommend one go check out our review it's months old at this point almost a year old at this point uh but it explains why i love the game in detail uh and i i will absolutely be picking it up on some platform because it's coming to everything i will absolutely Mm -hmm. be picking up probably on switch and and adding it there because i've been aching for this game to be out of the steam like i play plenty of pc games but Derek and ash just don't do that and so i've been telling them about this game forever yeah, I'm just plain excited. <laughs> this is this is cool. I'm I'm looking forward to another Metroidvania that uh, that kind of scratches that itch, you know. Yeah, there's I, a lot I don't out there. Know anything this is... about this one, but the trailer looks incredible. So, oh yeah, oh yeah, it, it is. It it's a game that literally I had seen a GIF of it on Twitter, and I was like, wow, what's that? I need to I need mm-hmm. to find out what this is from. So I started looking for it, and when I found it, I was like, oh, it's like nine dollars, and so I just bought it played it and reviewed it because I wanted more people to know about this game, but it, it's pretty cheap on steam. Uh, pretty, you know, but honestly at this point, if you don't have it on steam and you're willing to wait, cause I mean, dreads in two weeks, I would recommend yeah. just waiting for the eventual console releases. Uh, I'll, I'll probably play through it again. I, and I can tell you from experience because this game was so good that it inspired me to look up if playism and ladybug had done other games on the switch just to see and they did one like toho metroidvania which is not nearly as fun of a game but it at least Mm -hmm. proves that they're competent at porting their stuff so it's not going to run like trash i hope or anything like that you know the the game i played run or ran jesus christ run (laughs) ran really well uh clearly i'm a little tired ran really well and uh you know performed well even though it wasn't nearly as engaging as deedlet so i i have hope that the switch version will perform similarly well uh and like i said this this is probably the game that'll make people interested in this developer because 
Mm-hmm. This is, you know, the only reason I care about them is because they made this. As game. long as it gets proper, like, highlight, I think. That's the, that's yeah. going to be the key thing. you got to just point people in the right direction. Absolutely. So, yeah. Apparently, it's Toho Luna, Luna Knights. Uh, to, to Toho, Toho fans yes. are telling you. Yes, Bolt Mouse. That is, that is the one I'm talking about. Cool. Yeah. I'm Not much else to say. I'm just excited. And there was a whole lot of other news beyond Metroid today. <laughs> so, I'm down. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next story, which, uh, man, it's a Steve kind of night. It is. So, No More Heroes 1.5 has officially been dubbed into English for the very first time. And for those who don't know, 1.5 was a motion comic released uh, exclusively in Japan. uh, It was included with the Hoppers edition of No More Heroes 2 Desperate Struggle and basically told what happened in between one and two. So, yeah, uh, this, this was wild because this is what, uh, 15 years old or something like that at this point or, uh, yeah, something like that. It's been a while. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, this getting dubbed now is just kind of weird. Like having Robin Atkin downs, you know, read, read for this. I, I imagine it was part of his No More Heroes 3 recording sessions and they just waited to release it. Uh, but it is kind of cool to see what happened, you know, and kind of the way uh, it gives you some interesting world building for No More Heroes. Uh, they show how the world reacted to Travis actually winning and becoming the number one ranked assassin and how the people of Santa Destroy felt about the fact that he became that. Uh, I don't want to spoil it in case you want to watch it. Uh but it kind of goes into the life that Travis ends up living between no more heroes one and two, uh, and what he gets dragged into that, that kind of, uh, gets him set back, get sets the events of no more heroes two into motion. Because, uh, if you've never played no more heroes two, uh, the, the general overarching plot of that, or, or the general, you know, uh, impression they give is that Travis walked away from the assassin life and that he chose, to just not be involved with it anymore. And uh, they kind of show what happens that, that brings that brings him back and makes him decide that he's going to climb the rankings again, Uh, which if you like Travis, it's a great, it's a great watch, but you know, if you don't like no more heroes, it's really not going to make you like no more. Definitely not. You're not going to know who the characters are, what's going on, anything like that is this is purely for, for, uh, for fans. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, I couldn't be happier. I, I started getting so many tweets from people about this that I was like, what? I mean, like, I was having breakfast on Sunday morning and people were tweeting me about this coming out. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll watch this while I eat. <laughs> uh, perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. But I'm, I'm thrilled to see No More Heroes 1.5 finally come out because it has been stuck in Japanese this entire time. It's really nice to, to have it available for English-speaking fans, especially because I think that... Robin Atkin Downs did such an amazing job voicing Travis that he kind of is the character, and I can't picture oh, yeah. him not being involved with. with well, I remember there was a big to do if like when it seemed like he wasn't going to be there for um, Travis Strikes Again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that would have been that would have been uh, kind of a it would I, I'm not going to say it would have been on the level of David Hayter not playing Solid Snake, but it would have been pretty similar just in the fact that like folks identify him so much with the character that it would be really hard to sell anyone else doing the, doing the voiceover work. 
that kind of yeah. problem might be going on right now with Bayonetta, unfortunately. I, oh, really? I see some readings out there. I honestly, I thought the girl that got, I, I almost thought it was her, but it's been a while since I played Bayonetta 2 and uh, to compare back and back and back to back. But maybe there'll be a plot reason. Hopefully, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Steve, it sounds like you didn't know about it, but the voice actress for Bayonetta, someone like uh, mess- like tweeted at her, like, oh, I can't, I can't imagine uh, a Bayonetta game without you. And her response was just, you might have to. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about the story one. I thought we talked about the story once, but I can't remember, so. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But uh, I haven't. I only watched. Got got the chance to watch like the first two minutes because I've been so busy with the Kirby analysis that <laughs> I haven't. It's like that, and pretty much preparing for the show tonight is all I've been doing today. Uh, thanks for watching, Kai, so much, Amy. That's <laughs> all I'll say there. You're an angel. She is. She absolutely is. Um, but with that said, let's jump into our final nor. Uh, news story of the night where we're getting a little glimpse into the last of us. So yeah, uh, Naughty Dog tweeted out the first image of the last of us uh, TV show. Uh, We got Pedro Pascal as Joel. And I unfortunately forgot the actress's name that's playing um, Ellie. I think she's a rather big one and you know, it's nothing too crazy or anything like that. It's just the two of them looking out over a hill where you see a crash plane, you know, but Bella Ramsey, thank you. Thank you for that, uh, Seesaw. And um, I think it matches the look pretty well. <laughs> that's that's really what it comes down to. I think that it'll be... It's it's. I'm sort of not convinced on it myself just because of, like, the, the general history of video game adaptations uh, kind of... There's been a lot more misses than hits. Um, not that I like. I I hope this will fail or anything, or that or that like. I just think it's going to be terrible. But it's just like the 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 thing is that like this is the easy part. Getting it getting it to look like the characters is the easy part. Getting that story to to work in the different uh, the different medium that is TV. That's going to be harder because adaptation isn't as simple as just taking the story you've got and just putting it on screen. It's there's a lot. It's there's a lot more to it that I think a lot of people are going to be upset with me for saying this, but changes are not only like good but necessary. Oh yeah, absolutely so, yeah. necessary. I uh, yeah <laughs> yeah. And the the difference between good adaptations and bad adaptations is knowing which changes to make because there are definitely bad changes. So mm-hmm. that that's why it's like it's certainly I mean, it looks good, but that's the easy part. So hope I I, I hope that it's going to be as good as the game was, because I really liked the first one. I wonder if they'll make the first episode just the prologue and really make that wrenching and throw people off, maybe. I don't know. Mm. That would be pretty wild. I wonder... Maybe. Depends on how long the episodes are. Part of me wonders if if they start off, like, in the middle of Ellie and Joel's journey, and then, and then go back to the beginning, like, because I, I wonder if they want to introduce the main characters like early on, because I feel you that like the first episode could easily just be the prologue, right? Mm-hmm. Which would mean you wouldn't even see Ellie in the first episode. And I wonder how how important it is to them to kind of establish the main characters first and then show the origins of those characters later on. That is a 
possibility. I know some people really like that in media res stuff. When I was doing the Metroid, my, my Metroid fan movie, um, a lot of people was like, just make an action and have flashbacks to Samus's backstory. Make it that way. Is that just not the kind of story I wanted to, wanted to write? And if I was adapting this, just, you know, armchair, bad director, all that stuff. <laughs> um, I think I would just to get that to really show Joel's character before and after and have that. I would make that prologue an entire episode on its own, on its own, and just make uh, meeting Ellie the end of the second episode. Just to just as show him as he was now, show him as he is now as as he was before, show him as as he is now, and then have the actual story thrust upon him and just really involve people in that world there's enough going on in that before you meet ellie that you can make that work true true i i do agree with that i feel like uh as as a dad <laughs> the the prologue would would definitely hit pretty hard um i'd be interested to see how like i'm, I'm really curious though you know how they're going to pad out the story really to make an entire series out of it because when mm-hmm. you think about playing the last of us the game right it's like here's a mm-hmm. little bit of dialogue here's a character moment now i'm gonna spend hours killing things and sneaking, <laughs> sneaking. Past things, trying not to get killed and then i'm gonna get maybe five more minutes of dialogue if you take everything from the last of us all the character moments and condense it you've got maybe like a couple hours of usable True. stuff well i think also a lot a lot more of the story comes through the gameplay than people give credit for um like those mm-hmm. moments uh of like working together with Ellie do a lot to endear the player to her and yeah. i think that those are those are important and i uh, people people say that like you, you don't really need to do too much too much to a naughty dog story to make it like a good movie or a good tv show but i i do think that there is more storytelling in the gameplay than they give credit for that they will need to find a way to put into now exclusively what is effectively exclusively a cutscene and yep. that's I think going to be a challenge to do without kind of making it too repetitive or like while keeping it interesting. Yeah. Cause you got, you know, got Ellie with the joke book. You got, you know, learning she can't swim. You got uh, actually learning how to help each other fighting, just getting it, getting it all kind of figured out. There's ways. I mean, I'm not saying this is a guaranteed smash hit or anything like that, but as far as adaptations go, this is one of the, easier ones to pull off this is sort of ready made for television and the adaptation can just sort of flow from there when you got the guy from chernobyl working on it and the actual director uh Mm, that's actually the biggest thing going for it where it's Mm -hmm. like that's why i don't want to write it off it's like oh there's real talent here yeah Mm -hmm. i'll be excited to watch it when it eventually comes out but uh yeah i mean i love the last of us the games right uh both one and two which is an unpopular thing to to say in certain still need to play two (laughs) Um, i haven't played two either it is it is a fantastic game. It was my game of the year last year. Um, that, yeah, but yeah, it's a it's it's a wonderful game. I think that you know there there is some really good writing there. But I'm curious to see how the team behind this show uh, fills that out. Right. I think that a lot of The Last of Us, uh, both one and two, but you know in this case specifically one. I think a lot of the storytelling through gameplay does work well because of the fact that you're helping to engage in the activity through gameplay, and I when you take that element of it away, I wonder how, uh, you know, what they'll do to kind of strengthen the viewer's attachment to those folks when you're not kind of immersed in the, in the gameplay elements of it, uh, which mm-hmm. I think will be really interesting. I hope that they 
focus more on the characters and less on the whole zombie apocalypse side of things. Uh, or, I think or that's important. You, the, the, the key here is Joel. The key here really is Joel and nailing that character just right. Yeah. I, I think Joel is one of the most interestingly written characters in games because you can view him as either one of, you know, you can, you can view him as being incredibly heroic or, one of the worst people ever to have lived mm-hmm. and by examining the exact same facets of his personality. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, amb- that ambiguity feels like it's almost intentional. And I feel like it works in service of the story. And there's a right at the end of the game, there's, there's a moment where you, uh, I guess I shouldn't spoil it, but like mm-hmm. the final <laughs> scene uses the gameplay to, yep. to, to address your perspective on Joel in a way that like that was a really big moment for me of real of like realizing just how much story you can tell with gameplay and I'm worried that it won't hit quite the same without actually controlling this character yeah yeah I I'm hopeful because you know look at the Castlevania well you haven't watched it yet Steve but Castlevania on Netflix too. took this this you know Minimal game. This, the Castlevania just took the characters and just expanded upon it, gave this new lore and these new characters, and made it work, made, but still feel feel like Castlevania. And they'd have those nods to the game. So you're like, oh, there's that. You know, get the get the, the um, you know, you get those little bones bones thrown at you when you see it. And you just like get excited. So I, I, I'm very hopeful. I'm very hopeful. This gives me some confidence. Again, they got the costuming down, but we get that first trailer. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued enough. I definitely want to check this out. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but before we end off the show tonight, we got a few more um, super chats. First up from Wape Malenga with a two dollar super chat saying, "Please don't make this uh, promise Neverland bad." Um, ooh, ooh, <laughs> I, ooh. I have not watched any of Promise Neverland. Uh, I know it's well well loved, but I have heard they just screwed up season two which is oh no sad oh boy yeah i have some personal experience with that one (laughs) i uh i watched the first season as it was airing and i didn't quite get around to the second season until i'd already started to hear some things and it's like i i don't understand how it happened like you go from a legit like it's the first season is like one of those things that i talked about where it's like they understand the good the good changes Mm-hmm. They they take away a lot of the uh, a lot of like the the inner monologue and let the visual speak for itself, which works so well. They make good changes, and then the second season, they're like, "What if we skip ahead like half the manga, but then still kind of pretend it all happened?" <laughs> and awful. what what if we skip over we skip over the most popular part of the manga? And say that these characters went and did it off screen. That is dumb. I don't know why you would do it like that. And then the ending, which is like some really high concept stuff that's like you you really need like some time to explain it, occurs in a PowerPoint presentation. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, my God. Skull Kid Tiger between three episodes, 150 chapters are passed. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. Wow. Like season one, thank thankfully season one 
ends at a big moment where it's like, this clearly isn't the end of the story, but if it was, I think this would work. So it's like, you could still watch season one, finish season one, and then move on with your life. Yeah, it definitely wow. seems like watch season one, go to the manga. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. I'm going to have to check this out. I had no idea, but... Wow, season one is fantastic. Like, one of my favorite anime ever made. Certainly a choice. Wow. <laughs> it's so weird they screwed up so badly. Uh, Calamity513 with a $2 super chat. Thank you so much saying Bluto from Popeye versus Pete from Mickey Mouse. Uh, I got to go Bluto. He be- beats yep. the crap out of uh, Popeye until he gets the spinach, but Mickey- Pete doesn't beat up anybody. Yeah. Bluto is more violent, and he, he, he <laughs> fights constantly with someone who is arguably doping. So... <laughs> Uh, for Pete now is that I'm being I'm being forced through Kingdom Hearts on stream, and so oh, no. Pete, Pete's just Maleficent's uh, lackey. That's that's yeah. what he is. That's pretty much it. Not, 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 nothing too uh, complicated there. <laughs> uh, Rafael Alf- Alfonso with twenty uh, Brazilian real, I believe. Brazilian, thank you, Brazilian real. <laughs> I'll learn these eventually. Uh, says Steve Bowling is a goddamned legend. <laughs> he accomplished the ultimate nerd goal, which is learning Japanese because of anime and games. Plus, he is not even a virgin since he has all those kids. You're an inspiration, sir. <laughs> wow, I, I don't. I learned know. Japanese and didn't even have to give up sex. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what to say. I, I think a lot of people in well, I guess they didn't learn Japanese because of anime, but I guess I can. I, that part is true. I mean, all of it's true, I guess. But anyway. <laughs> That's what I'll say. There you go. Perfect. I love it. And finally, Mr. L with a two pound donation saying, uh, thank you so much saying my solution VR arcades. Good idea in concept, but um, watch out for anybody that has pink eye. They might do that, but watch out for pink eye among other things. You have to make, definitely clean those. And two, not a lot of VR. Some VR games are not very short. Resident Evil Four. That's a twenty-hour game. I don't even know how long Half-Life Alex is, but um, yeah, unless you get I, to bring your own yeah, save card or something well, like that. I, w- I will also say that we were at PAX and there were plenty of VR games to try out, but mid-pandemic, I was like, you know, none of that seems like a good idea. I don't want to put mm-hmm. my head in a device that someone else's head has been in. <laughs> yeah, that is fair. Yeah, that is it was- fair. It was it was the kind of thing where it's like I already kind of felt weird about that before the pandemic, and now it's just like no, never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same here. But with that, I think we've covered all the major headlines from today's news. But before we sign off, Matt, where can everybody find you at? So obviously, I am a member of Nintendo World Report over at NintendoWorldReport.com. They've been around a lot longer than I have, uh, so. They have obviously a huge legacy of fantastic content, so you should definitely head over to NintendoWorldReport.com and uh, also our YouTube channel uh, and Nintendo World Report TV. And also, the part of NWR that me and my friend Joe have been heading up is the Nintendo World Report Twitch channel, where you can see such wonderful things as me being dragged through Kingdom Hearts, me (laughs) dragging myself through Metroid Other M, and also uh, the streams that we are doing for the podcast that I am on, which is Smashterpieces, where we are playing one game for every fighter in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Uh, so we are up, we are playing them in release order, and we are up to the early GameCube games now. About to play Pac-Man World Two, which I've never even seen a screenshot of this game. I don't know <laughs> what this is about to be. Honestly, uh, you're in for. Uh, from what I understand, you're in for a good time. People really like the Pac-Man World games. Mm. 
Yeah, this is the game. I just I just don't know what to feel about this one because this is the only game on our list that I I don't I don't know what it is. Someone's asking, do you play Gyromite for Rob? We would have, but that's like physically difficult to do. So instead, we're playing the Subspace Emissary. Oh, uh, that works. Uh, um, so, for, are em- you doing one game for each Fire Emblem character, or just Fire Emblem in general? Each each character. There is oh. one, one game for every fighter in Super Smash Brothers. Ultimate. Oh my gosh, that's a lot of Fire Emblem. <laughs> it's also a lot of Pokemon. Like we got to the point where it's like, okay, we got to find some Pokemon spinoffs because this, <laughs> we can't we can't do all those Pokemon games. We got Pokemon Conquest. We got Pokemon Puzzle League. And every- like, you have to play Fire Emblem Warriors since you got both Lucina and Crom now. So, uh, yeah, we got so because of Awakening, we have to do obviously Awakening, and then we've mm-hmm. got to do Fire Emblem Warriors, and then we've got to do oh, wow. Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Ooh, TMS is so good oh, though. Do do we have three Awakening characters in the game? Oh gosh. Yes. And I live in fear of another Kid Icarus character because we we've already got every Kid Icarus game oh, yeah. on the list. There's literally not another one. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. So that's wow. um aside from Let's NWR. Robin. Robin. Mm-hmm. Aside from NWR, that's uh that's my big thing. I'm doing that with my friend Joe DeVader. So that is Smashter Pieces. Nice. Uh we uh every Thursday on the NWR Twitch is a Smashter Pieces game. So we'll we're gonna be starting Pac-Man World 2 this week. And if you want to follow me specifically, I'm over on Twitter at Grimace Duminous. Uh, it should be it should be down in the description. It is. So, uh, and that's that's me. Yeah, definitely check that out. I, I've always said that the, if you play one game, you know, just one game from every Smash character is in there. You got yourself a wide breadth of like video game history to enjoy. Yeah. So we've been doing whew. this for three years now, and we're under like a witch's curse. Of like every time we finish the console, that's when it gets added to NSO. And oh, like no. they, they they added at the, like we still had some NES games when the NES got added, and then it's but it's like we had Kirby's Adventure, and then they added Kirby's Adventure after we finished. And oh. then year three, we're like, okay, N sixty four games, we're actually going to be able to do something. And then there were no N sixty four games last year, but they came this year when we're on the GameCube. So of course, of course, just nice. got to the point where. We had to use a very specific, uh, I'll say, Nintendo 64 Pro to play Pokemon Stadium. And as soon as we finished that, that one got it got its first major update in a decade. So, like, legitimately, there is there is a curse on us. Nice <laughs> makes it interesting. We're gonna makes do our best. We're gonna do our best to finish the game too. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Mm-hmm. But of course. Uh, so definitely check out Matt. Definitely, definitely give them a look. Cause that's all. That all sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but uh, of course we have to give a. That's that's okay. my smoke alarm. My wife is burning something. Oh okay. Um, I've been <laughs> I, there. Dinner's almost ready, Steve. <laughs> dinner, dinner sounds great right now. <laughs> All right. Well, of course, we have to give a, a special thank you to all of our patrons, big and small. It really does mean the world that you support us. And of course, an extra special thanks to those uh, at the producer tier, as this show just simply would not be possible without all of you. And finally, a massive, massive thank you to our executive producers and above. And that includes Jared Ediger, Brandon Bovia, Rob Arman X, Itiono Ben. Dan and Twistle, Dennis J, Z Patty, Hyrule Hermit, Sky Blue Flames, Adam O'Sullivan, Octo Puppet, Richard Herrera, Michael Phone, The D Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, 
Kitty Kong Fax, Angel Martinez, Vedran Hotik, 112, John, Joshua Hunter, Evernight Studio, Benny Yao, Azran127, Pagrima, Ken Roulet 09, Jake Pelka, Geller, Joseph Rutkin, Titus Malvolio, Geeky Griffin, Lucky Wonderfish, Kyle, Top Dog 23100, Young Ben Kenobi, Doug Shomix, Andrew Medeiros, Orem M, Sakuragi, Becca, Rocks the Cat, Fizzy Wakoid, Critmonger, The Legend of Groose, Eddie B, Kai Ed, Kit Fisto, Kenneth Lee Stingle, West Egg, Deaneth, Coda, Michael McCall, Matthew Wong, Goron Amber, uh, Straight Lace, Justin Matthews, Hoobie, Too Much Spaghetti, Mega Conrad, Askeron 809, Kane, Captain Finlandia, 60 Minutes and 60 Seconds, Christopher Masterson, Spicy Pandotter, The Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Grantles, Ravelox, Synchro Lord, Brainchild, Rosa Bowling. Hi, Mom. <laughs> uh, Kotar Peck, Scuff196, Kane Wooly, Skull Kid Tiger, AJB Cool, Blizzica, Jason Uloa, Jaden Buck, Phantom Project, Cystic Warrior 29, Super Dank Awesome Unicorn Guy, Derek, Nathan the Voice Actor, Chibi J, Bongo Lover, Mumbling Yeti, Cameron Sharp, Fangs, Dinner Sonic, Freyham, Mason Riley, Keel, Santi the Person, Ditto M, Sci-Fi Lullabies, Brooke by the Bay, Brendan Hess, Darksteel01, Killamox, Super Game Dude 101, and Stag Nasty. My God, we're above 100. <laughs> that is exhausting, but appreciated. And remember that you too can become a patron over at patreon.com slash gvgaming, where you can get access to our exclusive post show and ad free content for as little as $5 a month. And remember, if you enjoyed this show, be sure to hit that subscribe button, ring that bell. If we get the 75,000, uh, 75, I almost said 7,500, 75,000 subs. We will be giving away a Switch OLED. So definitely check that out. And uh, if you like this video, we'll see you next. Well, how <laughs> you did this feel? I went off script. Oh, no, it's all gone wrong. <laughs> but You're yes. so used to it. Your brain just falls off track. Exactly, exactly. But until next time, good night and good vibes. Bye, everybody. Bye.